Hello, hello, hello. Am I on? Okay. Very on. Good evening, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good? Awesome. Um, just uh, before we get started, I had um, a very strong uh, cup of coffee before I got here, and I'm kind of like feeling it, so I apologize if I start just like talking really fast. Just kind of give me, a, I don't know, give me some type of signal. I'll try to slow it down, but I don't know. During worship, but like, I felt like I, I can hear my own heartbeat. It was crazy. It was weird. But anyway, um, yeah, like, like um, Zeke was saying, was uh, just this whole uh, summer series has been awesome so far. And just a section that uh, we're going to be going over today is in Psalms 119. We're going to be in verse uh, 57 all the way to 72. Yeah, the Psalms 119 is uh, just such an awesome uh, psalm. And I, as I was preparing and studying for it, like, um, I felt like there was so much. And like I was like maybe halfway through my study, and I was like, I had like way more information and notes and stuff than like that I could fit in, in the study. And I was like, I have to like, you know, it's always hard when you have all these things. You got to like pick and choose. Or I want this. Okay, I'll put that back. And, and it was just one of those uh, things. But just as Zeke was saying, the kind of the um, the whole series, the topic is staying focused. And it was it was crazy how when I was studying and reading, like I felt like that was the last thing I could do, like trying to stay focused on on God's word and and, uh, and trying to um, just. <clears throat> really uh, grasp a hold of what the Lord was trying to show me, but um, and I was just reading it, it was just really encouraging, just meditating on it, just like the last, oh, for a while already, but um, let's uh, read, starting at Psalms um, 119, verse 57, it says, the Lord is my portion, I have promised to keep your words, I sought your favor with all my heart, be gracious to me according to your word, I considered my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I hastened and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight I shall rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth is full of your loving kindness, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart, I will observe your precepts. Their heart is covered in fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word, God. Um, we thank you, Lord, that it, it's, it, it's life, Lord. It's a guide, Lord. Lord, it comforts us, Father. It, um, Lord, it corrects us, Lord. It, it confirms us, God. And, um, Lord, it, it's, it's powerful, Lord. It's living and active, Lord. And it's, um, it doesn't come back void, Lord. It accomplishes what it needs to accomplish, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege, Lord, in this, in this nation, in this country, to be able to own a Bible and to have one and to study it and to read it, Lord. I pray just as the last word said, um, this last verse was saying, Lord, that we would, Lord, uh, it would be more precious to us than gold and silver than these material things and what the world values, Lord, but that we have your word and because it speaks of you and it shows us, Lord, how to please you, Lord, and how to be and how to glorify you, God. So, Lord, uh, right now I pray that you would just calm my heart, Lord, and, and my nerves, Father, and that you would help me to focus, Lord, and that you would, um, Lord, give us right now, Lord, um, Lord, ears to hear what your word has to say, Father, in your name. Amen. 
Well, like it's been said, um, the Psalms 119, uh, one of the main things this whole psalm focuses on is the Word of God. Basically, every, every verse except for maybe a couple, they, they, they talk about God's Word in regard, you know, you hear words like the Word, you hear um, testimonies, you hear statutes, you hear commandments, those all speak of God's Word, and it glorifies God in His Word. And um, as I was thinking about this, I, I started thinking um, of uh, one of my favorite, um, I guess you can say Christians, right? I don't know, maybe we all have favorite, like, people in the Bible, but, but um, during the time of the Reformation, like in church history, there was this guy, his name was William Tyndale. If you guys ever get a chance, like, I don't know, Google him. He's on the internet somewhere, right? He's an old guy back, back in, like, in the 15th century, but he was from the Reformation um, period, and what, uh, he, was, um, he was from England, and what he did um, at this time, the, the church was just kind of uh, just going through change with the Reformation and everything, but um, he wanted, he had a desire, because at this time, not everyone had a Bible, right? That's kind of crazy for us to think about. Like, we all have Bibles. Some of us have multiple Bibles, right? But he, uh, at this time, only the Bible, the Bible was only written in Latin, and the only people who knew Latin at the time were, like, the priests, right, or, or the people, or pastors, right, or people in the church, the common person, like, like you and me, we didn't have a Bible, we didn't have access to it, some of us didn't, I mean, most of us didn't know Latin, I don't know Latin, so, right, but, um, but they didn't have this, but his heart's desire was, he had such a passion, such a, such a, um, just a desire for the word, he wanted to get into everyone's hands, but see, at this time, it was kind of, uh, in England, it was, it was kind of illegal to do that. I know it sounds kind of weird, but just, like I said, the church was uh, kind of going through a transformation. But uh, even with that, regardless, he did that anyway. He started translating the Bible into English. Our first uh, kind of English translation of the Bible was from this man. And uh, he, he did that, and even though he did it legally, he was kind of like an outlaw. He was, he was basically a, um, an enemy of the state, if you will. And he, uh, he fled to Europe, to Germany, where they, where they just came out with the printing press for the first time. So he was able to translate the Bible and have it printed out and give it to the people, God's word, right? Well, eventually he was, uh, he was captured. He was betrayed by one of his friends, and um, he, was, he was killed for, uh, for doing that. But before, when he was being um, executed, he, was, he, uh, he, he said this prayer out loud. He said, Lord, um, open the eyes of the king. And then, you know, he was, he was killed because he, uh, he had the audacity to give the people the word of God. But he did that, and not too long after, a couple of years, the king at the time was King Henry. And, the, and because of that prayer, he, uh, the king gave a commission to the people, and, and they were able to translate the whole Bible so all of England can have. And soon after that, we have what's known as the King James Version. And most of what the King James Version is is from William Tyndale and... Um, and his translation, his work from Hebrew and Greek and translating to English so, so that the common person can have the Word of God. See, the Word of God was that precious to him that he was willing to die for it. And uh, I just think that's awesome. And that's just, a, just such an encouragement. He, was, he wanted the Word of God to be, to be there. And we, uh, we come now to this passage in uh, Psalms 119, starting at verse 57. It says here, The Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. Um, in the original language, it, it says more, um, when, when it was translated to English, it was kind of like, it's kind of broken, like, you know, our, our, our English doesn't, the Hebrew, when it translates to English, it kind of, sometimes the translators have to add some words so it can make sense to us. But um, in the sense, some of the commentators say it, they should have just left it because instead of saying the Lord is my portion, it's like an exclamation. It says, my portion, O Lord, right, like with an exclamation point. It's, 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 um, when we talk about the portion, what I was reminded of is when 
the children of Israel when they were taking over the land of Canaan. God, you know, he, he kind of gave the, the command of, like, each, each tribe was going to get a portion of the land. But the only tribe that was not going to get a portion of the land was, was um, the Levites. Every other tribe was going to get a portion. See, and back in ancient times, like, to have land meant that you can grow crops, that you can raise cattle, that you can have, it was a sense of security, right? Kind of, we think about it like, oh, we have a bank account, we have a savings, we have a 401k, we have a house. So we have, uh, we have these securities, these things that, that, that make us feel secure. I have a house, so my family can have a house, we can have shelter, security, right? I have a, I have a pretty decent savings account just in case things go wrong or whatever the case, maybe I have security. But back in ancient times, to have, uh, to have land, to have this portion of land, to have this inheritance, that was kind of their security. But the Levites weren't going to get that. It says in Numbers 18.20, it says, Then the Lord said to Aaron, Aaron was a Levite, just in case you guys not know that, you shall, not, um, you shall have no inheritance in, the, um, in their land, nor any portion among them. But check this out. I am your portion and your inheritance among the sons of Israel. See, the psalmist here says, Lord, you are my portion. You are my security. I, I, don't, I don't need all this stuff. Like, I have you. Like, I, I possess you. And when we understand that, when we, when we realize, like, God is our portion, right? God is, who's God? God is creator of everything, right? Everything that, everything that, we, um, that we need can be found in God. You know, there's no way to uh, exhaust God's resources, right? The Bible talks about how, how God is, he has, a, um, he has a cattle on a thousand hill, right? And he's like, oh, well, I don't eat meat, I'm a vegetarian. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about, like, literal food, but it's, it's, it's in a sense, it's kind of like symbolism, but he's saying, like, he, he has unlimited resources. You can't exhaust God, right? God knows how, to, knows how to provide for his people. But that's what it's saying here. It's saying that it, it talks about security and, and supplies, and that's, um, that's something that I need to hear, right? We live in a, like a, in a society that, like, we're always wanting the, we're, we're not content, right? That's why there's like the iPhone 6. I'm sure they're already, they're already working on the iPhone 10, right? They're working on all these things. Like there's, there's always something, there's always the bigger and better things that are coming out. It's like, oh man, right now we're having cars that they have Wi-Fi in them, right? That's, that's happening nowadays. And, and, some, and, like, and, and the way they, like, they, they kind of uh, pitch it to you, right? All these advertisers is like, you have to have this. Like I don't even understand how you lived without, a, without Wi-Fi in your car for this long. You know? they, they make you think that way. It's like, why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? And we're... we're uh, we become a society that's, that's not content with what we have, right? We always want more and more and, and, and this and that, but the psalmist here says, no, the Lord is my portion, right? He's all that I need. He is all that, um, that I'm ever going to need. And when we start realizing that, that the Lord is our portion, that he's all, that we're satisfied only in him, right, then that's going to affect every part of our life. And he says here, because of that, I have promised to keep your words, Right, kind of speaks of like loyalty. Lord, you're my portion. I know I have everything that I need in you, so I'm going to obey you. Right? I was thinking of um, when I was reading this. I was thinking of when I was in Bible college. Um, there was a book that um, that one of my friends was reading, and um, and he told me about. It and I was kind of like, it was, it's called Cat and Dog Theology. And I know it sounds kind of weird. I thought it was weird. Like this weird book, right? But um, <clears throat> but I was thinking about this when it comes to loyalty. You know, and I was I, I started thinking about cats and dogs. I don't know why. Right? But um. You guys have seen the movie Up, right? Dogs, dogs are pretty loyal for the most part, right? You see a dog, they're like, they're happy to see you, they wag their tail, they're like, like he's home or she's home. Yes, like life is good now. Right, they wag, they jump on you, they bark because they're excited to see you. Right, you guys ever seen the movie Up? You know, Doug, like when, you first, when they first meet Doug, he's like, I just met you, but I love you, right? That's, that's, that's what he says, right? Because that's, that's how dogs are. But cats, like they want you to work for their affection. That's crazy, right? But they do that. <clears throat> 
right? But, um, but in, in, the, in this book, um, Cat and Dog Theology, it was kind of funny when I read it. Um, it, it the, there's a little, I have a little uh, quote from the book. It says, uh, a dog, and, and this is kind of, he, he's relating like kind of how sometimes we can be with our, with our attitude towards God, in a sense like cat and dogs. I know, just, just bear with me. I know it sounds kind of weird, but, right? But it says here, um, uh, I lost it, hold on, excuse me. It says, a dog may look at you and think, you feed me, you pet me, you shelter me, you love me. Well, you must be God, right? On the other hand, a cat can look at you and say, you feed me, you pet me, you shelter me, you love me. I must be God, right? You that's how they, right? That's, that's, and it's funny because, I mean, you know, that's, that's sometimes how they think. But, but, um, but sometimes we're that same way. We see all, that, all that's been given to us, all, the, all these things, and, and there's some of us can be like, our attitude can be like, God, you're so amazing. Look at what you've given me. Look what you've provided me with. You're awesome. How, I'm, I'm, I want to just give everything to you. But then there's some of us say, look what I did. You know, I didn't need God. Or, or we can have this attitude, so, oh, I only got this. Why didn't I get this instead, right? I only have this. Look at what my neighbor has. Why don't I have that? Right? And we can have this type of attitude. But, um, but here the psalmist, as he realizes that God is his portion, that God gives him everything, he's like, yes, it's my, naturally, like, my reaction is, God, I want to I please you. I want to serve you. And this is how we do it, by keeping his word, right? Um, in, a, in Puritan theology, if you guys know who the Puritans are, awesome people. Um, but they have this kind of, the, some of they have these questions that they ask, they kind of, kind of like they're schooling for their children, right, back in the days. But one of the things, and I always read, and I always thought it was so good, um, one of the questions they would ask their kids, you know, kind of just to like, to teach them like, basically the Bible and the doctrines and what they believe is um, they would ask their child, like, what is the chief end of man? In other words, like, what, what is man all about? What's, what's man's purpose and everything? And their answer would be to glorify God and, and, and check this out, and to enjoy him forever, right? And I like that. I, I remember reading, I was like, that, that's cool. Like, that's, that's what it's about. We glorify God, and then we get to enjoy him forever. Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that uh, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but I came that you may have life and that more abundantly, Right? God wants to give us an abundant life now, right? Not, not, in, a, not in a way where we're going to get all these material things and all these things, but uh, a life that's satisfied in Him. And we do that as we promise to keep His Word, as we continue in His Word. And it's only, I mean, as I look at it and as I've seen all the things that God has given me, it's only, to me it's only reasonable and logical to be like, yes, God, I want to please you. And, and we have everything that we need to please God in, in the Bible, right? Our Christian handbook, if you will. But going on in the same kind of uh, thought, he says, I sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your words. Right, that word here when he says, I sought your favor, basically means I, I'm seeking your face, God. And again, it's that idea of like, God is the only satisfaction that I need, and I want to continue to, to follow after him. Right, um, in a verse, uh, excuse me, I lost the page. Um, in Exodus uh, chapter 33, verses 17 and 18, right, this is what uh, Moses says to God. He says, The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. And I remember reading that because that's what Moses wanted. Moses wanted to see, Lord, I, I want more of you. Like, I, I just, I can't get enough of you. And um, sometimes we're, we're the opposite. Sometimes I, I went to church once. I'm, I'm good, right? I read my Bible once a day. I'm good for the rest of the day. We, we can put God to the side. But Moses is like, no, no. The psalmist is the same thing. He's like, I have sought your favor. I'm seeking your face. Be gracious to me according to your word. 
Right again here we see uh, we see just this this is desire to continue to know God more. There's this commentator. Um, I love what he said. Um, he says, "But if we take the Lord as our portion, we must take Him as our King." He says, "Here is the Christian is complete, taking the Lord as his portion, and His word as his rule." Right, and I, I love that because again it goes back. That's how we're pleasing to God. In Romans twelve one and two it says, "Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God." to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship or your reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may, be, you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Right? See, this is what the psalmist desired. He desired to be pleasing to God, and, um, and he wanted just to seek him. Right, and I love that because we can, be, we can be seeking so many things. We can be seeking for success or, or riches or, or whatever the case may be. We can be seeking for that guy or that girl, and it can consume us. But here the psalmist was consumed by the Lord. And um, I don't know, I tell you, when I, as, I, as I was studying, it's, like I just, it's, it's crazy how, the, how the, the Word of God does that. When you're studying, when you're meditating, you're just trying to, you want the Lord to speak to you. He kind of starts revealing those things. It's like, well, am I doing that? Am I continually seeking God? Right? Because sometimes we can seek God and then like we get a text message. Or sometimes we can seek God or our show's on. So like, all right, God, I'll, you know, I'll put you on hold for a little bit. i got to watch this show. This is a good episode. Like the last one left me. All shows nowadays like leave you the cliffhangers. You're like, oh my gosh, the next one, i got to look at it. Right? And then we're like waiting for the next show. But sometimes we can do those things. We can say, I want to seek God, but oh, this, this came up. But here, nothing satisfied um, the psalmist more than seeking God. And that's what we, that's, that needs to be your heart. That needs to be my heart as well. Right? It says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I love that because God says, If you seek me, I'm, I'm not, God doesn't play hide and seek, right? He's not, he, he, if you say, if you want to seek him with all your heart, then he's going to let you find him, right? He's going to reveal himself to you. And that's a promise that we can keep. And he says, according to your word, be gracious to me, be merciful to me, because we're people, right? And, and uh, since we're born, um, since we have this tendency towards sin, like, we're not always going to want to seek God. We want to seek God, but when something happens in our lives, like, I don't want to seek God anymore. I want to do something else. I want to do this or do that. But the psalmist realized, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm flesh, I'm human. God, I need you. I need your mercy. I need your strength to, to guide me. I want to seek you, but I know that I know me, right? Right. Paul said. Paul said the kind of the same thing. He says the the things that I do not, um, or the Paul said the things that I want to do, I don't do them, and the things that I. Uh, let me let me let me start over. Sorry. Paul said the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do them. Right. Right. That's 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 how we can be. We can we can. I think we can all relate to that. I know I can. Right. Sometimes I want to see God, but like I'm so tired. Right. I had a long day at work. Right. I want to see God, but oh man, you know this came up, this this emergency, and my my child, we have to take him to the doctor now. That happens a lot to me. So, anyway, right? But uh, we can make these these uh, we can say these things. But God says, no, seek me, and I'll I'll you'll find me, right? I'll reveal myself to you. And I love that. And going on in verse um, fifty nine, says, I considered my ways and I turned my feet to your testimonies. I love that because he, the psalmist here's thing is like I'm considering the way that my life is going. And when I was considering about that, I turned my feet to your testimonies. As I'm seeking you in your word, that's, that's what God does when, when you begin to seek God, when you begin to read his word and study to know what God wants from you, then he's going to start revealing those things that um, aren't lining up with him, right? In the book of Haggai, it talks about that. It says, you know, the word of the Lord came to Haggai and said, 
know, this people says the time hasn't come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. And then he comes to him again and says, is it time for you, you people, to, to dwell in your paneled houses, to dwell in your nice model houses while the temple lies desolate? And he says, thus says the Lord, consider your ways, right? That basically means put your heart on the road that you're going. Really consider which way your life is going. Is it, is it going in the right way? And that's what he says here. He says, I consider my ways. I thought about the direction that my life was going. And then I turned my feet to your testimonies. I saw what your word says, and that's what I wanted to follow. And I love how the Word of God does that. It kind of starts veering us where we need to go, right? It's kind of like that signal that you're going the wrong way, right? Turn around. You're messing up. Go this way, right? And, and when, we, when we come to the Word of God, that's what happens when we do that, right? In ancient times, right, when, uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, um, there's slaves back in the ancient times. So, but back in the ancient times with a the, with the servant, you know, the servant could never say no to his master, right? That was like, I mean, they can be beaten. They can, even in some cases, probably even be killed because they weren't considered people. They were considered property, right? But you would never tell the master, if you were a slave, you would never tell your master no or say, oh, you know, I'll do it later. I got like 10 minutes. I'm on break, right? No, you do. Like if the master says something, you were immediate. You do it and you, you get going, right? You don't postpone. You can't say like, making excuse, oh man, I totally forgot. You know, sometimes we do that. I say, oh, I, I forgot, right? And, but you couldn't do that. That was unacceptable, right? But we see here for the for the psalmist, it, I considered my ways and I turned my feet to your testimonies. It kind of speaks of urgency, right? And we need to be that way in regards to that. In verse 60, we, we see that as well, a sense of urgency. It says, I hasten and did not delay to keep your commandments. But I love that because, um, you know, sometimes we're, we're in a hurry to uh, do the wrong things, right? Some people are such in a hurry to, to go into sin, <clears throat> but not so much to, to follow God or to come to church, right? We're in a hurry to go and hang out with our friends or whatever the case may be. But sometimes we're not in a hurry to come on a Sunday or a Thursday or a Bible study during the, another week or something or fellowshipping with our, with our Christian brothers and sisters. But we see here, um, you know, we, he had a sense of urgency for, for the Word of God and to follow after God, right? We live in this culture where everything is just like fast, right? Fast food, right? I got my watch fixed the other day. I had a like, fast fix watch repair, right? Because we have all these things. <clears throat> and all these things, we're in a hurry, and you know, we we're, we're such in a hurry. We're in a hurry to get our kids to practice. We're in a hurry to do this, to go to work, to to take, to go wherever. But sometimes we're not in a hurry to, you know, to get them to youth group or to get them to church or to get ourselves to church even. But we're in a hurry to go to other places, all right? In Second Timothy four one through four, um, I love this. It's one of my favorite verses. This is Paul. He, he's giving um, basically a charge to a young pastor named Timothy. He says. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instructions, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths, right? I don't know, that sounds like a, a very good uh, commentary of, of society today. They don't want to hear the truth. They rather hear, they get their own teachers who hear what they, you know, something that sounds good, that you're not a bad person, you're, you're a good person, right? But we see here the sense of urgency in the Word of God, and that we need to have that. We need to have a sense of urgency to, to listen and to do what the Word of God says. Just like the psalmist says, I, I hasten and did not let delay to keep your commandments. Right, that word, interesting here in this word, it says, do not delay. It's a, the word kind of means, it, it, another way to say it is like, it, I didn't linger. And the, and the idea 
behind here is uh, back in Genesis 19. You guys know Lot, right? You guys remember Lot? Abraham? Um, Lot was his, uh, was his nephew. Right? When, when we know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, well, towards the end of that story, it said, you know, these, these angels come and they're telling Lot, hey, we're going to destroy this place. We need, you need to get out of here. Right? And it says, when morning dawned, this is Genesis 19, 15, and 16. It says, when morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. It says, but he hesitated, right? The same word it says delay or linger, right? That's the same word, but, but here the psalmist says, no, I didn't delay. I didn't hesitate. I, I went towards your word, right? See, sometimes when um, we're going through difficult times or whatever the case may be, sometimes we hesitate for the word of God, but we, we're, we're quick to run to our friends or whatever the case may be or to, you know, to something to... Uh, to help to, to any type of distraction, but we never come to the Word of God. You know, some people, they'll, they'll do that. They, you know, they want to talk to you. I have been having people at work come to me because they're dealing with issues, and they ask me what the Bible says. And uh, they ask me, how does, they, they've asked me, it's, it's funny, it's like, how, how, how do I know that God's speaking to me? Is like, an easy way to know is read your Bible. He'll speak to you. I guarantee it. Right? And, but, that's what, uh, but, that's, but that's what the Bible says. See, sometimes we're not in a hurry for that, but we need to be. And the psalmist here saw that he's like, I hasten and did not delay to keep your commandments, right? How we need to do that, how we need to be quick to obey God's word and to, and to live it out because God is, um, God is good and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But going on in verse 61, it says, The cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten your law. Um, I like how it says in the New Living Translation, this verse, it says, uh, let me find it, Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions, right? See, that's why he hastened for the Word of God, because it's an anchor for us, right? Because sin's all around us. We work, we go to school, we, we engage with other people all around, it, and, and they don't know the Lord. You know, I, have, I, I deal with guys at work who don't know the Lord and the way they talk and, and, the, and their speech and their conduct and the, you know, the conversations they have, and they sometimes want me to join into it, and, and you know, I don't do those things, but, but it's out there, right? Temptation is always going to be there for us, but just like the psalmist, just like it says here, you know, um, they try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored into your instructions. That's why we need to hasten to the word of God, because we can be easily swept away by those things. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good, good morals, right? But we need to be kept in God's word, because temptation is out there. It's, it's everywhere for us, right? We live in a, in a world where there's, there's so many distractions, there's so many other things, but we need God to... Um, to be our anchor, right? There's a saying, I don't know who said it exactly, but it says, um, you know, it says, this book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's that easy, right? If we're in the Word of God, then we're not going to so, fall so easily into sin. But if we're messing up, if we're compromising, then we're, gonna, we're not going to easily come to this Word. We're not going to hasten to come to it, right? We're going to go back to those, those things because... Um, well, let's face it, sin is fun, right? If sin wasn't fun, none of us would ever do it, and we wouldn't be in, in the mess that we're in today. But, but sin is good, but the Bible says it's only good for a season, right? It's only good for a season, but we need to meditate on God's Word. Right? If we meditate on God's Word, then He's going you know, to strengthen us. Right? In Psalms 1, we read that, right? Uh, the, 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 the psalmist says, He's like a man firmly planted by the tree, right? But His delight is in the law of the Lord, and we, that's what we need to do, right? Um, we know, we know the, in Matthew the temptation of Jesus, right? He was being tempted by the devil. Well, how did he battle him back, right? With the word of God. He said, 
it is written, right? Man should not live by bread alone. It is written, right? That's what he, he always went back to the Word of God. He didn't give his opinion or, or his thoughts, but he went to the Word of God. And if Jesus did that, then how much more should we be doing that? Right? Going to God's Word to, to battle and to be strong. Verse 62 says, At midnight I shall rise and give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. And verse 63, I am a companion of all those who fear you and those who keep your precepts. Right? I love that at midnight I shall rise and give thanks to you. Usually at midnight most of us are asleep, right? I was, I ha- I've heard the saying before that sleep is for the weak. So we need, instead of sleeping we should be praising God, right? right uh, but it, I, I love it says here, it says, uh, you know, I, I heard a, a commentary say praising him, um, praying to him and praising him should be more refreshing than sleep, right? Some of us love sleep and some of us don't do well when we get a lack of sleep, right? But here he says, you know, he was so just... Um, clinging to God, that um, you know, he even woke up in the middle of the light and praised God, right? And he wasn't just like, sometimes, you know, when we're tired, and was like, I need to pray. So we lay down and put the covers on it, so I'm going to pray. And then, Thank you, Jesus, and we fall asleep, right? All right, some of us, I mean, I, you know, I've done that before. So let's pray, and then, like, you know, you get comfortable with your pill first and put your blanket on. So, all right, let's, let's pray, and then you fall asleep, right? But it says, he rose up, right? It says, at midnight I shall rise and give thanks to you, right? And that's, uh, that's you know, it just speaks of, Again, just his uh, dedication to God, even at night. You know, sometimes there's times where I can't sleep. You know, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I was like, man, I, like, I feel restless, right? And I remember when I used to work nights, I, I, I dislike working nights a lot. You're just, you're just messed up. It's not, it's not natural. It's not normal. And you get all messed up. But, you know, sometimes I would just get up because I couldn't sleep. Like on my days off, you know, I'd just be up so, so I'd read, right? But that's, that's what he's saying here. You know, at night I'm going to praise you. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to praise you because of your righteous ordinances. I love verse 63. I'm a companion to all those who fear you and all those who keep your precepts. Right in Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold fast to our confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Say, I love that. I don't, I don't understand how, like, some Christians will say, oh, I don't like going to church. Like, why do you like going to church? Like, God's people are there, right? Why, don't, why wouldn't you want to come in and, uh, and hang out with God's people? You have, the, you have a common bond. You stand on common ground in Christ Jesus, right? It's, it's cool how, um, how, like, you know, like, when people are, you know, like, maybe you don't know them. If you, maybe you're getting coffee or you're at the store or something. You know some, when someone's a Christian, right? You just see, like, you sense it in the way they talk, and you're like, now you maybe you try this conversation. Hey, you know, you introduce yourself or whatever the case may be. You started talking before you know. It's like, yeah, I go to church. I go to this church. Yeah, I love Jesus. I love Jesus too. And like you're like best friends. It happens, right? Because that's just that's just how how it works, right? And the psalmist says here, I'm a companion with all those who fear you, right? And not just like you know, even sometimes though in church, sometimes even in the youth group, right? Especially when there's like a huge youth group, there can still be cliques. I hate that. Can't stand that, right? It's like no, that's not going to happen, right? But we can even do that as people. I don't know why we, we, we have this tendency. We're prone to do that. Like, you know, we get a little group of friends, and we're like, okay, I'm just going to stick with this group, right? And we never want to go out. That's why I love, like, how we do it here. And, and even uh, in the back, we do that. You know, we get up, and we, we greet each other, right? Because so, for some of us, it's, it's uncomfortable. We don't like to do that, right? You say hi to someone, they're like, hi, and, like, it's kind of awkward because they're like, I don't know what to do, right? Right, but that's, but that's how we are. And, like, especially, like, this church, this church is a loving church. Sometimes, like, complete strangers say, hey, how's it going? They'll hug you. You're like, oh my gosh, that was, you know, it's just crazy. But that's, that's how it goes, right? That, that's, that's, what Christian, that's what Christianity is about. I remember um, when I was uh, younger, I used to, when I used to have to go to the store, um, 
the local grocery store, I used to see a, um, um, one of my old uh, youth teachers, the old church I used to go to when I was in youth group, and uh, he was big, like, Mexican, bald-head, cholo guy, right? But he would see me, and I wasn't really doing my, you know, wanting to follow the Lord, but I'd see him at the store, and he'd see me and say, hey, come out to a Bible study or whatever the case may be, but he would always hug me, like, in the middle of the produce aisle. It was just horrible, right? I hated it, right? You know, because I, I wanted to be um, whatever, cool and, and whatever the case may be, and I didn't really, wasn't really desiring to seek the Lord, but he would always do that. He would always come up and hug me, right? This big guy, I'm like, man, this guy, but that's, that's what Christians do because, because uh, we just reflect the love of God, and I don't know, that's just what, what Christians do, and, and, and it's like for some people, especially for those who are like, don't like people, it's like, it's like probably one of the worst things, right? Especially if you, like, if you come once and you meet you, you come again, just be prepared to get hugged. That's just how it is, right? That's what we do. Right, but that's what we need to do. Like, and, and it's funny how some Christians are like, I don't really like going to church. Why? Like, you know, or, or um, a guy was talking to me one time at, at work. He's like, he's like, is it wrong that I, uh, you know, that I want to, that I don't like going to church? And I was like, why don't you like going to church? He's like, well, I don't know, just all the people. He's like, I mean, the the, the 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 family of God were there to like encourage one to build each other up, right? And sometimes like the reason we don't want to go to church because we don't want to be accountable to no one. We don't want no one to know what we're doing and be convicted and be like. You know, and that, and that's what the the word of God. That's what that's what we need each other. That's what the church is for, right? Sometimes we think, oh, the churches, you know, like all these, or you hear people who don't know the Lord. Oh, I don't want to go to church full of hypocrites, blah blah blah, and all this stuff, right? But but the church, we're, we we need each other, right? We're the body of Christ. We all have a function. We all have different uh, gifts and abilities, and we're there to build each other up, to comfort one another, especially in times of hurting, especially times when we're maybe we fall into sin and we compromise. The body of Christ should be there to lift each other up and to restore one another, and that's what we need to be doing. And I love how he says, I'm a companion with those who fear you and those who keep your precepts. And verse 64, the earth is full of your loving kindness, O Lord, teach me your statutes. You know, the more um, we draw closer to God, the more we, we just fall in love with him, the more we just see God in, in, in all these things, and we see his His creation, we see, man, the Lord, you've made all this, and and uh, it's, it's just, it's, you realize that you can't escape God. You can't escape His love. It's everywhere, right? Psalms 139, verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit, O Lord? Where can I flee from your presence? Right? God is everywhere, right? Especially if you're wandering away from Him. You know, he's, you can't escape God, right? We can try to run from God just like Jonah, right? He's like, hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Talk to the Ninevites, or talk to Assyria. I want, I, want to, I want them to repent. It's like, sure, God, he takes off the other way. Nope, psych, right? And he... Right, but the God and I was like, no, no, no. Right, and we know the story, right? And the storm came, the whale came, or the goldfish, whatever it was, I don't know. Right, and 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 God had to um, redirect him, right? But but see, we can't escape God, and uh, that's just awesome. Like, and as the psalmist continues to seek God and continues to um, search Him out in His Word, He says, "Man, Lord, you're, you're everywhere. You're in, you're in every. Your loving kindness, Your mercies, Your love, it's it's all over the place." Right, verse sixty-five says, "You have dealt well with Your servant, O Lord, according to Your Word." I love this because I can think of how the Lord has dealt well with me. Sometimes we think, hey, look at my life. Maybe some of you came in here today and it's like, I didn't, it's like, I don't know, I, I don't feel that at all right now. I've just been beat up by, by the world and in, in relationships or, or work or whatever the case may be. I don't feel like God has dealt well with me at all. And I understand that completely, right? Yeah, sometimes we've had rough times or, or a rough season in our life, but um, when we look at it, um, we can see that the Lord has dealt well with us, right? Um, I was thinking of that just like, I mean, we, we can name off so many things, right? He, he died for us because he loved us, right? He, he loves us. He, he made us new creation in Christ. The Bible says he seated us in the heavenly places. He's given us a new life, 
He's forgiven us. Right? He's called us uh, kings and priests. He's called us his children. And besides all those things, you know, he's given us the things we have. See, when we, we realize that uh, um, when we're seeking God in his word, when we realize who God is and what his word says, it says, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word, right? When we read God's word, we see the promises that God has in those word, that he's going to provide for us, that he's going to take care of us, that he's going to supply all our needs, that he's with us in the trials. He never says he's not going to allow trials to come in our lives, but he says, I'll be with you and I'll strengthen you and I'll get you through those trials, right? And when we understand that, we're like, Lord, you have dealt well with me. When we, when we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, and how we're sinners in need of a Savior, how the only thing that uh, he should be dealing with us is, is, is with our sin and, and wrath, right? But he doesn't, right? He sent his son to die for us. So yes, Lord, you have dealt well with me, definitely, right? And just, uh, just seeing um, uh, Mark and Becca and, and, and their new child, that, that child just you can tell it's a night no it like without any doubt right right but just but just that i'm sure they're able to say lord you've dealt well with me you've given me this this awesome little child according to your word and he says teach me good discernment and knowledge for i believe in your commandments and i love that again um it says in proverbs uh, 3 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight just as the psalmist is remembering, Lord, you've dealt with me well. Help me, teach me how to, how to remember these things, how to, how to lean on your understanding and not my own. Because we can do that, especially when hard times come, when we think, oh, God hasn't dealt with well with me. Right? And, and uh, he says here, teach me good discernment or judgments, or the way to translate, teach me like good taste. Teach me how to uh, spiritually discern the things that are going on in my life. Because sometimes we can just look at it physically and see what's going on. It's like, Lord, why didn't you give me this job that I... I, I I applied for, I had interviewed for. It would have been a good job. It was good pay. It was good everything. But we don't realize that maybe if we would have got this job, it would have took so much of our time that we wouldn't be able to spend time with our family. We wouldn't be able to come to church anymore because it consumed us. It demanded so much for us, right? Or Lord, whatever the case may be. Or there's a lot of things where we can look at and we say, Lord, why didn't you do this? Lord, why didn't you do that? But um, the Bible says in Romans, right, all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. You can look at Joseph, right? It's like, Lord, why am I in slavery? Why do my brothers do this to me? But when we see, we see what uh, God was looking at, the bigger picture, not just at the immediate, right? Not at the immediate circumstances, but the bigger picture, right? Because, because of that, Joseph became second in command of Egypt, and he was able to save his family, right, from the famine that was happening. See, all things work together for good, and and that's why the psalmist says, like, teach, me your good, teach me good discernment, Lord, because I believe in your word. Right? And that's, that's what we need as believers. We need to, we need to um, ask the Lord for that spiritual discernment, not just what we see physically, because God is spirit and we need to have you know, his mind. In verse 67, this is one of those verses that we don't like, really like hearing about, but um, it's sobering and it's there. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Right? This speaks of discipline, right? Sometimes uh, because God loves us, because we're his children, because he paid such a great price for us, when we start walking away, um, I don't expect to just be like, okay, God just to be like, all right, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and sin and destroy your life. No, because God is loving, he's going to discipline you to bring you back, right? Just like a good father and, and, or mother and, and parents, they, they discipline their child. But they show them, don't do this because this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go down this wrong path. Right, but God loves us, and he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Right, and we, have, we all have that tendency for sin, right? 
we remember the prodigal son, right? He went away. He wanted his inheritance. He, and he, he just squandered it all on, on loose living and, and sin. And then at the end, you know, he was feeding the pigs and, and just hanging out with the pigs. And he, he came to his senses like, man, even the slaves in my father's household, they have better than I do. And he went back and it says, you know, when the father saw him at a distance, he ran, right? That's a picture of God and how he loves us and how he wants us to come to him. But sometimes we see, we see sin and we see how it's, how it's, it's um, appealing and how it's tempting and how it's nice. And it is nice, but it's only for a season. But after that, it brings destruction in your life because we know the wages of sin is death. Right? But after he, says, <clears throat> after he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. And then he says, you are good and do good. Teach me your commandments. See, even though he had to deal with, he was dealt with God, but he realized, man, God, you're good. Right? Forgive me for, for going astray. Forgive me for... for um, thinking that something else would satisfy me more than you would, right? It's before um, <clears throat> you are good and do good. In verse 69 and 70, it says, The arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart I will observe your precepts. Their heart is covered with fat, but I delight in your laws, right? I don't know if you've ever been like uh, somebody at work or whatever the case has lied about you or told you something, right? Um, that's always just a bummer, and... Even especially if it's a lie and just people don't like you, whatever, because you're a Christian, because of your testimony, they try to just bring you down. But he says, I didn't, you know, he says, with all my heart, I observe your precepts. I didn't try to get back at you, right? He didn't say, Lord, Lord uh, the arrogant have forged a lie against me, and uh, now I'm thinking of how I'm going to get back at them, right? No, he says, with all my heart, I observe your precepts, and their heart is covered with fat, but I delight in your law. And again, we just need to come to God's word. And uh, the last verse got numbered at a time, so. 71 and 72, these are the main verses that the Lord really just uh, <clears throat> gave to me when I was reading this. Um, it says, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better than me than ten thousands of gold and silver pieces. See, um, when uh, Zeke was asking, like, what verses we wanted to use, I was, I was looking through one, uh, through, through the psalm, and I remember I had this verse 71 highlighted. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons he wanted to do this, too, is to make it personal. It's like, well, how has, in your life, how has the Word of God helped you stay focused, right? But in verse 71, it says, It is good for me that I was afflicted. I may learn your statutes. Um, <clears throat> I have this verse highlighted, and I have a date I, writ, uh, I wrote by here. It was, um, it was in October the 22nd, 2008. Um, it was right after uh, my wife, Sarah, she had... Um, well, she was pregnant, and we, you know, we're first child. We're excited, super excited, right, obviously. Parents being first-time parents, you, you get excited, you get overjoyed, you get like, oh, man, this is what our baby's going to be. If it's a boy or if it's a girl, this is where we do. We have all these plans set up, right? I mean, we do that, right? We already start buying baby clothes beforehand because you know, and then we had our first checkup. <clears throat> um, you know, we go, you're going to hear the baby's heartbeat, but, you know, the, the problem was that it wasn't there, right? There was no heartbeat. The baby stopped developing, I think after six or ten weeks. So I mean, it was really small. And come to find out, you know, what they told us is that, you know, at one out of four pregnancies, they end that way either in miscarriage or the baby starts developing and um, devastation, right? You get, you, you're, you get so worked up. You have all these plans ready, and then they just crumble, and it's no more. And I remember that was obviously that was a, a hard time in our lives, you know, but um, we, uh, you know, that's, that's one thing. You, like, you, didn't, you don't consider those things. You don't, you don't you don't plan like, okay, what if this happens? You know, you're like, oh man, this is going to be our child. He's going to be a soccer player, or she's going to be a, whatever, a violin player, whatever the case may be. We have all these plans, but then 
they don't work out the way they want them, and affliction comes, and trials comes, and tribulation comes. But it says here, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your, your statutes. I remember reading that after, and at the time I was like, no, this isn't, like, I didn't, I didn't want to hear that, right? You don't want to hear those things. You want to be um, just, uh, I mean, we're just kind of, you know, devastated. And, and you start thinking, it's like, oh, man, are we never going to be able to have children? You, all these thoughts start coming to your head, all the, the worst-case scenarios, right? But, um, but what I've learned from this, what the Lord has shown me, is that, uh, you know, just like it says, that I may learn your statutes. See, sometimes God allows hard times, trials, and tribulations in your life so you can, so he can, uh, you can draw closer to him, so you can know him more. Right, I know sometimes we don't like hearing those things. It's like, so, so he did this, so he didn't allow me to have this child. That's how he wanted me to know him more. Right, but uh, what I've learned is just how it says here, you can, I can, that I may learn your statutes. And I was remembering again, back in six, verse 68, you are good and you do good. See, I don't fully understand, you know, why, like, you know, I wasn't, we weren't able to have this child, but obviously the Lord is faithful. He's given us three other children. Right, but, um, but see, what I've learned from here is that God is the God of the living. Right, that God, even though like, we weren't able to, to enjoy this child, but I know one day I get to see this child again. Right, I've had family that have died who've known the Lord, and even though it's sad and I miss him, but I know without a shadow of a doubt I get to see them again because God is the God of the living. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, God had to remind me that, that in the midst of these hard times that I go through that I, that I need to... If I don't have something to anchor me that's more powerful, more stronger, more capable than, than my circumstances, then, man, I'm going to fall apart. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to go insane or whatever the case may be. But God is mightier than those things. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the creator of life, right? In the book of Job, Job says this crazy thing after everything. If you guys ever read the story of Job, just how tragic it was and everything that he lost, just like back to back and there's all that happened. He says, he says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, because God is good. And he says, it was good that I was afflicted. And he says, the law of your mouth is better to me than ten thousands of gold and silver pieces. And I needed God's word to, to comfort me because it reminded me who God was and who he is and how he is faithful and how he doesn't promise that everything is going to be all hunky-dory through life, but he's going to be with us through our life. And and if you know these uh, these afflictions that we go through, they serve to to draw us closer to the Lord, but sometimes because um, we don't want to, right? Back in, the, in verse um, 67, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. See, it, it takes a choice for us to, to be like, All right, Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but I know you're, you're good, right? Sometimes we want to substitute the things we don't know about God with the things that we, that we know about God that are sure, that are, that are proven, that are guaranteed, right? We know that God is good and that he is faithful, um, that's what I kind of want to leave you guys with today, that, that God is good, right? That he is, he is faithful, right? That he knows the, the things that you go through, even though we've gone through hard times in our lives, trials and tribulations. But I remember that God gave his son for me and that his son went through trials and tribulations. He, he suffered and died on the cross so that I can be with him, so that I can have this hope of eternal life that's waiting for me and, and uh, all that. And in the end, I get to have God, right? God's going to be there. I get to see all my family and friends. All you guys who are in the Lord, we, you know, this isn't the end. We're going to see each other for all eternity. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. But, but God is good. And remember to keep his word and not to go astray off the things we don't know. So with that, let's pray and we'll be done.
Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you so much, Lord, for just your goodness, God. Lord, we thank you, Father, that even in our afflictions, Lord, Lord, you are even so, Lord, nearer to us, God. You are close to us, Father, and you want to comfort us. You want to hold us up and, and strengthen us, God. Lord, you know, uh, Lord, you know lost so well, Father. You gave your son for us, Lord. And Lord, uh, just as Job said, Lord, the Lord giveth and taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Father. Help us to never forget that you are good and that you are mighty and are holy. And in the times that we don't understand what's going on, that we would look to you, Lord. And that we would see that, that Lord, you are righteous, Father, and that you do good. Lord, you dealt well with us, Father. I pray for anyone here today who is just struggling, Lord, with, with life, Lord. Lord, your word says that in this, um, in this life there's trial and tribulation, but be of good courage, I have overcome the world. And because you have overcome the world, we can overcome through you, Lord. So I pray that you would just comfort us now. We love you, we praise you, and we lift this all up to you in your name. Amen. Um, let's all stand for this last.